This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hello, everyone. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, number 539, recorded on Thursday, July the 29th, 2021. Welcome to the program, everyone. I'm delighted that you are here and tuning in. I'm equally delighted that you're here, Jason. How have you been for the last couple of weeks? I'm uh, I'm delighted to be here. I'm <laughs> delighted that you're here. I'm delighted that it's the end of July. I'm delighted that the Olympics are happening a year late, but a dollar short, and uh, everything is good. I've, I've been pretty good the last couple of weeks. That's Thanks. good. You're You're on holiday right now, right? I am on a holiday right now, yeah. Taking a little time off, a little Jason time. A little Jason time, a little more video gamey time than anything really, but uh, that's okay. Because your son is back in school, so you've got your days free now, right? Must be nice. Uh, it is kind of nice and a little strange and a little weird, but good. Come, come three o'clock, I start to miss him. Like, is it time to go get him yet? Can we go get him now? Sure. I mean, we totally could, but we don't. Well, but he, the, the day must end around three-ish, doesn't it, for him? Well, it's not really school, right? It's more like daycare. It's um, from anywhere. You drop him off anywhere from seven to whenever, and then you pick him up before six. Oh, I got it. Yeah, of course. It's summer. He's not in school. What am I? I'm all yeah, not in school, no. <laughs> all right. Well, that's that's good. I'm glad you're, you're doing well and having some time off. I had some time off last week. Didn't really feel like a vacation despite getting out of the city for five days uh, because I... I just have a trouble disconnecting from things. I feel like I feel like I need a week to disconnect and then a week to actually enjoy myself when I take time off. So I need to think about taking two weeks in a row next time. Yeah, I'm absolutely horrible at taking vacations. I'm horrible at it because I feel crappy and guilty and lazy. And then it comes time for actual work again. I, I take a deep sigh of relief in the fact that I have a sense of routine and purpose again. Nah, it's no. sad. Nah, I'm not like that. I just have trouble sort of letting go of the work. And it's really, really busy and stressful at work right now. So you take some time off and it just, it doesn't alleviate the stress. It kind of just enhances it because I'm worrying about what's going on. And I had to come back to a couple of days before like a huge launch and some things didn't go great while I was gone. And so, yeah, I just, oh, I don't yeah. know. I need a, a, a less stressful job and B, better vacation abilities. Yeah, that's the difference between you and me right now is uh, whatever's happening at my work while I'm not there, I really don't care about. Mm, yeah, I don't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> I did do something fun while we were gone, though. Went to a restaurant and ate a rather unusual meal. I've heard about that restaurant, but I've not seen it. Is it really in like a uh, like a big barn type Quonset Hut kind of thing? Well, that's exactly what it is. It's a place called Ted's Range Road Driver. A diner, not driver, diner. And right. it is, it's it's an old, I don't know what you call it, but it's like a half a barrel type building. <laughs> is It's silver and it's got like diamond shaped uh, things in it? Yeah, I'm, well, in it. I was never inside. We sat out on the patio, but. Okay. It's like a butler barn is what we used to call it. Sure. It's also a Quonset hut uh, or a, a pop-up, you know, covering for things kind of yeah but it's been there since the 50s the waitress yeah. told us and the reason we went is because they have a little some unusual fare such as kangaroo and mm -hmm. crocodile and crocodile. i figure you know you only live once 
we went, I ordered the crocodile. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, no, I ordered the kangaroo. I'm all confused. And uh, it was pretty good. I, I don't think I'd order it all the time, but it was good. It was, it was kangaroo medallions wrapped in bacon. And so was it? It wasn't like ground meat of some kind. It was actual, like, uh, when you say medallions, it's like some kind of steak. It's like three mini kangaroo steaks wrapped in bacon and, and cooked up. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. I, I don't know if many people out there have tried kangaroo before, but it was, you know, red meat, a little bit gamey, sort of fairly similar to a normal beef steak, but definitely a different uh, taste and a bit of a texture. I liked it. I think it was good. Now I want to go back and try the crocodile because they have that too. Yeah, I would probably rather eat crocodile than kangaroo. Kangaroo, I'm thinking, you know, is it the tail that you're eating? Because that's probably the one of the biggest muscles in their entire body is uh, on their tail. And speaking of muscles, have you ever seen pictures of those guys? Yeah. Fucking kangaroos are jacked. Oh, they are. Like they, they are way... I would not I would not want to get into a fight with a kangaroo. They scare the shit out of me. The huge ones, like really muscular ones. Yeah. Uh, no, you'd, you'd be toast if you got in a fight with a kangaroo. Uh, it's... I think it's kangaroo loin, actually, that you're eating. <laughs> so there you go. Good. Well, you know... <laughs> I'd rather eat crocodile. Next time, next time. You and I can go up there and eat crocodile someday because, you know, you have family that lives in the area and I just yep. like going. So maybe we'll give that a try one day. Yeah. Next time we go up, there's a, there's a hotel or a motel with a pool right across the street from the Tim Hortons. And I think that's the perfect location to spend some time up there. Okay. Well, there you go. I think, uh, yeah, because I could stay with my father-in-law, which is fine and everything's fine and dandy. But the next time we go up, there's going to be a whole bunch of family that's going up. So uh, I think we're all going to stay in the in the motel. That way all the kids can play in the pool. Kind of thing. That That's not Penny's Motel, is it? Up in I don't know what the name is. Okay, because I know the owner of that place, just coincidentally. Oh, yeah. Is it right across the street from the, uh, uh, from the Tim Hortons? Um... You know what? I don't know. I don't remember. Next I, to the I, IDA? It's it's around there. I don't think that's the one, though, now that I okay. think about it. Anyway, yeah, That'd be weird. I, I wouldn't stay there if you knew the owner. It would be a little weird. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Anyways, that's enough preamble for that. Uh, yeah, kangaroo. Interesting, interesting meal. But time off was nice. Did some fun stuff with the kids. Went on bike rides, things like that. But I got to get better at vacationing, so... Practice. Yep. You need lots of practice is I'll, the problem. I'll try again. Uh, all righty. What are we going to do today on the podcast? Well, we are, of course, going to scene by scene talk through the Walking Dead trailer that was released at San Diego Comic-Con at home last weekend. Mm-hmm. We're also going to talk a little bit about some Walking Dead news because, of course, there's other news that comes out at these panels. But first, I want to read two emails from... Uh, listeners here about our last podcast when we talked about Black Summer a little bit because neither of us really liked it that much and I guess I said at some point write in let us know what you think you know tell us why we're wrong sort of thing right what was that show about again (laughs) I think there were vampires and uh I completely forgot all about that. Like I said, I would. Yeah, fair uh, enough. Until you said this Black Summer, I'm like, shit, what was, oh, that was let the, with that uh, that TV show that turned out to be like a grocery list. <laughs> well, this first one here comes from Tallahassee's twin brother, regular listener, and he says, Black Summer is punk rock horror. It's a gorilla riff on a, on a genre classic. 
The punk rock aesthetic is clear. It's cheap, nasty, raw, and unashamed. Black Summer knows the tune, but does not respect the conventions of the zombie genre. The tropes of zombie lore are no longer the scream-like rules of, of horror by rote. By comparison to Black Summer, The Walking Dead is Sinatra's my way, familiar and harmless. By embracing chaos over convention, Black Summer is about as existential a story as a zombie apocalypse can be. Civil emergencies are uncomfortable, dangerous, confusing, and unpredictable. So Tallahassee's twin brother wrote a much longer email to expanding, but I, I pulled that part out of it because I do think it's a pretty apt comparison, really, like calling it punk rock horror, a gorilla riff on a genre classic. I liked the analogy there. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's a pretty good description of uh, punk rock, too. Well, Unpredictable, I, uncomfortable, confusing. Cheap, nasty, raw, <laughs> and unashamed. Yeah. Kind of like you in bed, my friend. <laughs> Yes, sir. And, uh, I do, I do like, uh, or I did, I don't listen to a lot of punk rock these days, but, uh, I did enjoy my, uh, indie punk music back in the day. There you go. There you go. All right. Then trucker Chris writes and said, I appreciated you giving the series a look again. I'm just going to recommend you watch the next couple of episodes as it makes things clearer. I agree at first Hard to swallow story of main characters, but then it starts to come together in episode two. In my humble opinion, the zombie apocalypse would be full on terror. That's why I like the, this series. Again, I think there's too much stupid love and bad decision stuff in the Walking Dead universe, but this series is a nice deviation from that. I miss the early Walking Dead seasons where during almost the entire episode you were on the edge of your seat. Sadly, they never got back to that. So... You know, he's just saying The Walking Dead has watered it down a little bit, which is a very arguable position, I would say, whereas Black Summer is full-on balls-to-the-wall terror all the time, and if that's what you're looking for, you're going to get it, right? Well, I would assume so, but watch the next couple of episodes? Hard no. <laughs> I know. I know you won't. And I might, and I'll tell you why, and that's because... Even though I had trouble with season one and I didn't finish season one until right before we were going to talk about season two, as I said on that episode, I really liked episodes like six and seven of season one and even the, fin the finale eight. Uh, so maybe it's just one of those shows that starts slow, just, you know, not actually slow, and then amps up to something really good towards the end. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll find out maybe. I know, All right, you, I know you back. won't. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, you guys, for writing in about Black Summer. Let's move on to The Walking Dead News. The Walking Dead News. All right, Jason, a little bit of casting news here for The Walking Dead. An actress by the name of Layla Robbins has been cast as the leader of the Commonwealth whose character name is Pamela Milton. So this is okay. a character from the comics. You won't know this character because you didn't read that far in the comics, but she's a pretty big deal and is going to play a big role in season 11, I would imagine. Now, Layla Robbins, you might know from The Boys. We've seen that. Uh, she was on The Blacklist. She did one episode of The Handmaid's Tale and Homeland. And if you go way back, her second ever IMDb credit is in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, the John Candy, Steve Martin classic from the 80s. 
I've, uh, okay, so uh, confession time. Uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, my I'm God. I'm not sure I've ever seen the whole thing. Oh, my God. Jason, you're going the wrong way. It could be. But um, <laughs> I, I think I've seen the middle part and maybe some of the end, but I've never watched it from uh, from cart to horse. Wow. Or from horse to cart, because I guess the cart comes before the horse. No, the horse comes before the cart. You don't put the cart so, before the horse. Yeah, so no. I've, uh, I've never watched it from... Uh, but then again, there's other movies that I haven't seen, like, uh, you know, uh, Vegas Vacation. Yeah. National Lampoon's Vegas Vacation. Yeah. I've seen that whole movie, but not in the order that it was intended. Okay. Right? I've seen bits and pieces, but overall I've seen the entire thing. I just don't know what order everything goes in. Because I watched it on a plane, uh, you know, 23 hours on a plane going over to Asia. And it just, I would jump into the movie, watch it for a bit, then jump to another movie, then jump back. And I did that for like 17 hours straight. And so every couple of hours I would watch a section of it. And then, so I, I, I know everything that happens. I just don't know what order it happens in. It's a strange so way like, to watch a movie. It is kind of strange, but planes, trains, and automobiles, I'm not sure I've seen the whole thing. What were we talking about? All right. Well, oh, Layla plane, Robbins. Yeah. Planes, trains, and automobiles, classic. I recommend you watch it, but I fully am aware I'm not the type of person who should uh, complain about having not seen classic films. Um, oh, I know her. There you yeah. go. So Layla Robbins, uh, Pamela Milton as leader of the Commonwealth in The Walking Dead for season 11. Yeah, look her up. You probably recognize her from something. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at her right now. So yeah, I absolutely know her. I think she was on uh, Law and Order, which I just watched the entire run of. I'm pretty sure she was on some Law and Order at some point. Yeah, The Good Wife, Damages. I've seen that, those things. Uh, in Treatment. Yep. Cool. Well, she's joining The Walking Dead. Her... And I will just say her family play a huge role in the final chapters of the comic. So interesting uh, character that we're going to get here on the TV show. Nice. Now. Yeah, there she is. Law and Order. Two episodes. Awesome. <laughs> I'm so good. Everybody in Hollywood was on Law and Order at some point, it seems like. Pretty much. Yep. And you would know. All right. Uh, let's talk about upcoming directors a little bit. Uh, you remember Michael Cudlitz, of course, played Abraham uh, on the show. Huh? He's yep. directed before and he will be coming back to direct at least one episode in season 11. So good for him. I look nice. forward to that. In slightly more surprising news, Alicia Debnam Carey, who plays Alicia on Fear, will be directing an episode of Fear in season seven. Awesome. I believe this is her first foray into directing, but she said this, I'm so excited, like I cannot tell you how excited I am. I think it's something I've wanted to do, honestly, for a few years now, but I didn't think I had quite the handle on it yet, and I hadn't had a chance to shadow direct, which is where you shadow one of the directors, uh, our recurring directors on the show, and in my case, I'm really lucky at the moment, I get to shadow our producing director, Michael E. Satrazimus, which is super exciting. So she's kind of just learning the ropes, but she's going to do an episode in season seven. That's awesome. Yeah, very, very cool. So we can look out for that. And then I just wanted to mention here that The Walking Dead season 11, episodes one and two, the season premiere, which is a two-parter, they are being directed by first-time Walking Dead director Kevin Dowling. And I just thought I'd call that out because it's sort of unusual that, you know, season premiere or big episode like this, like a premiere or finale or whatever, is, isn't is directed by one of the usuals. 
And often it's Greg Nicotero. You know, he takes these big ones and does the directing. But yep. in this case, it's this guy, Kevin Dowling, who, you know, he's no slouch. He's directed The Americans, 13 Reasons Why, Bosch, Extant, lots more, lots of other TV shows. He certainly knows what he's doing, uh, but he's first time, first time Walking Dead director coming nice. in to do the big two-part season premiere. So, My wife just finished watching Bosch and she misses it. She oh, yeah? It was a great show. I never really got into it. You know, I've never seen it, but I have been told that it's pretty good. So, add it's it got the that long guy list. from Lost, the uh, the 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 bad guy from Lost. Uh, which one? The, well, the ultimate bad guy. There was two guys on the island. There was uh, maybe we shouldn't uh, spoil Lost. Oh yeah, okay, fine. It's only <sighs> come on. But <laughs> if you haven't watched Lost, go watch Lost. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, anyway, he was a significant but late coming character in Lost. Got it. Okay. I think I know who you're talking about, but let's not ruin it for anybody. I'm in the middle of a Lost rewatch right now, just at the, near the beginning of season two, watching it with the kids. It's fun. Oh, it's taking a long time. You were just, uh, anyway, <laughs> usually a 20, you know, a 20 ep- episode season would only take me, uh, you know, two, three days to get through. Yeah. We watched maybe two a night, right? And some nights none. So Yeah. You're all by yourself watching it. I have four people to arrange. <laughs> yeah, get on that, will you? All right, sorry. It's... You should be all through the, the whole run of the show by now. Not yet, not yet. It's great, though. I'm really enjoying rewatching it. Uh, all right, moving along. The Walking Dead World Beyond. You know this show. They have We have a premiere date now for season two, and it was announced at their Comic-Con panel. Season two will be coming back on Sunday, October the 3rd. We will have World Beyond Season 2. Now, I started doing some math, and this either coincides with the mid-season finale, or I guess the first mid-season finale of The Walking Dead Season 11, because we have three blocks of eight episodes this time. So it either coincides with that episode, or it's the week before And it depends on whether they air episodes one and two of Walking Dead together on the 22nd of August. Right. And to just circle back on that for a second, I reported last time, I think it was last time, that they're streaming both of those episodes a week early, remember, on uh, AMC+. And that meant to me that they'd probably broadcast both of them on the 22nd together. Mm-hmm. But I'm not 100% sure that's true, actually, because I haven't seen a lot of other reporting on it. But I went back to figure out why I thought that. And here's the text verbatim from the article that was published. Good news for AMC Plus subscribers. The season 11 premiere of The Walking Dead is coming to the streaming service a week early. The two-part premiere, Acheron Part 1 and Acheron Part 2, will begin streaming August 15th on AMC Plus, seven days earlier than when it premieres on AMC Sunday, August 22nd. That sounds like both episodes are going to play, right? Yes. But I'm not 100% sure, because I feel like this would be a bigger deal. So, anyhow, I apologize if that's not correct, but it sort of sounds like it is, and it means that either uh, World Beyond will premiere on the night that Walking Dead finishes to take their break, or the week before, <laughs> if you can keep track of all that. Excellent. That's not confusing at all, but I'm sure that all of these episodes will eventually air in and around that time frame. At some point, they will be on your TV or going into your eyeballs. Yes. Now, I also need to report that 
Fear the Walking Dead is coming back for season seven sooner, like sooner than I would think. And that's going to be on October 17th. So we are definitely going to have World Beyond and Fear overlapping again, which we had the last time. So I guess that's not too surprising, but no shortage of Walking Dead stuff starting in a few weeks when uh, season 11 begins. Yeah, no kidding. It's all coming at you. In terms of what we're going to do, I figure we'll do the same thing as we did last time and just cover both shows, Fear and World Beyond, on a single podcast each week. That's what we did. Sure. We just looked at the episodes and uh, tried to focus on the greater Walking Dead universe content, which I think we'll do again. That sounds good. Anyhow, starting in October, middle of October, we're going to have lots of uh, Walking Dead on the, sh- uh, on the uh, available to you. Cool. <laughs> on the planet, I guess. Yeah. Which planet? This one, this one. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. Does it does it air on Mars? I don't think, think so. Do you think you could get it on Mars? If you were sitting on Mars right now and you had an antenna pointed at Earth, do you think you could get it? I mean, I, you can get radio broadcasts. I don't think you can get TV broadcasts, though. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, let's move on. Robert Kirkman at Comic-Con at Home gave an update on the Walking Dead movies. Sort of. <laughs> In his Robert Kirkman-y kind of way. And I just got a couple of quotes here. He says, I wish there were more updates. There's a lot going on behind the scenes, and I am as frustrated as you guys are that we have not been able to reveal everything to you and talk about it nonstop. He goes on. I miss seeing Andrew Lincoln running around as Rick Grimes. I can't wait until we're filming this thing, and then this thing's coming out. It's going to be awesome. You know everybody's working very hard to make this thing as good as it can be. All I will say we don't want bad Rick Grimes movies, right? We want an amazing Rick Grimes movie. And so everybody behind the scenes is making sure that when this thing comes out, it's worth the wait. And it is actually the special character building Rick Grimes journey that everybody wants it to be. This thing. Well, that would this thing would be nice if you could get it on t- TV or in the theaters or somehow allow me to view it whenever and wherever it would be great yeah it's it's really surprising that it's taking so long but again i will i will buy into what they're selling in that if it takes this long to make it really awesome that's fine with me like i want it to be awesome i don't want it to be half-assed or rushed or anything like that so i mean i don't want it to take another 10 years but if they're really really doing their job and making this thing good I can wait a little bit. Okay. <laughs> you don't I sound mean, convinced. Well, I'm not convinced because, you know, sometimes it, uh, when things take too long, they kind of lose their luster, you know, and other things happen and just, you know, the world moves on without you if you don't, if you're not careful. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. I hope it's not happening. Yeah, I hope not too, but, you know, it's already too late in some respects. Okay, well, I'm keeping my hopes up for now, but if another year goes by and nothing comes out, I'm definitely going to have to reconsider my position. Yeah, I'm not going to be very forgiving if it takes another year. No, for sure. Okay, a couple more items here. Uh, There's a book coming out, Jason, called The Art of AMC's The Walking Dead Universe. And at Comic-Con, they revealed the cover for this book, which I know is not (laughs) the most newsworthy thing in the world, but I wanted to mention it because uh, I really thought it was a cool cover, and this is a book that looks kind of interesting to me. So I read about this on gizmodo.com, and they said, this cover 
is the first time all of AMC's series, The Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, and Walking Dead World Beyond, are featured together in an art piece with over 50 cast members. So, you know the old movie posters where, like, Star Wars had them, and lots of movies have them where it's like a painting, and all the characters are there, and some are bigger than the others, and it it's like a collage of characters on screen. Right. The, you know, like the uh, Star Wars movie poster where Luke has his shirt ripped open and Leia is like draped on his legs. Mm. Like he's the hero of the universe, a uh, muscular Superman hero of the universe, and she's the damsel in distress. I know exactly the poster you're talking about, and that is kind of the style, but they didn't always do that, right? They toned it down a little bit and showed the actual an actual depiction of the characters later with those Star Wars posters. But, okay. But yeah, I kind of, I know, I know what you're talking about. Um, but the cover of this book is in that style. So it's got all these Walking Dead characters on it in this big collage. Like everybody's there. It says over 50 cast members. And I think it actually is really amazing. I really, really liked how it looks. Now it's an illustration done by an artist named Brian Rood, who I don't know, but it's in that style. They're all layered in there. Um, and of course, like Rick and Daryl are big upfront characters, sort of like in Star Wars, you'd have, you'd have uh, uh, Luke and Darth Vader usually are, are, are up there and most prominent. In this case, it's Rick and Daryl. But one thing I found very interesting is how prominent Judith appears on it, actually. Really? She is front and center, um, not biggest in size, but almost biggest in prominence. And I think for me, this is kind of just a hint that she is going to play a huge part in this final season of the show. I mean, if that was ever in doubt, uh, I think Judith is ultimately one of the most important characters in this long running story of the walking dead on TV. Very well could be. I'm looking at it. She's pretty front and center there. She is, isn't she? Yeah. What do you think of the poster or the cover overall? I, I thought it was really nicely done. It is nicely done. It is very nicely done. Yeah. I might buy this book. I think uh, I think I may. Is it a coffee table book? It probably is. So it comes out in, in comic shops in September, bookstores in October, and I think you can pre-order a special variant edition on skybound.com, maybe right now. I haven't checked that out yet, and I don't know what is special or variant about it. But uh, that could be something you look into if you're really interested into it. So, cool. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. The only other thing I'll say about it here is that AMC says it's a compilation of pre-production and production art from all three shows with exclusive original sketches, concept art, storyboards, illustrations, and more. So just a bit of a deep dive into uh, what goes into making all these shows, I guess. Yeah, they've been making Star Trek books like this for you know, feels like centuries. I'm sure they have. It nearly is centuries. <laughs> All right. So that's cool. Check that out. That's the art of AMC's The Walking Dead Universe. It'll be out in the fall or sooner if you pre-order it, maybe. And one more news item here, Jason. Frank Darabont. You remember him? I do. And you know his ongoing lawsuit against AMC? I do. It's now been settled. Ah. Almost finally. 10 years later... AMC has been ordered to pay out about $200 million to Darabont and the agency representing him. 
So Frankie walks away Jesus. a little wealthier than he was. Well worth the uh, time and effort, I would say. I guess. It's pretty good. Uh, bleedingcool.com wrote this. The settlement agreement provides for a cash payout of $200 million to the plaintiffs and future revenue sharing related to certain future streaming exhibitions of The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. Apparently, Darabont was asking for $300 million. He got 200 and this revenue sharing thing. So I think he's doing all right. Well, yeah. And I mean, the, and the lawyers and stuff, if they take 50%, right? Right off the top, you know, split it in half. Yep. And then uh, taxes takes another 40%, right? So that's $60 million in his pocket, you know, ballpark, rough kind of, you know, back of the table napkin estimate. Yep. Uh, It's nothing to sneeze at. No. Right, you, you know, you start spending that away. You know, you spend a couple of million on a house. You spend uh, what, maybe ten million on a house. You buy uh, ten cars for a million each. Uh, you know, uh, a condo in wherever. Uh, you know, a penthouse apartment in New York City. You know, you could spend that sixty million probably pretty nicely. I'm sure you could. I mean, I don't know how you need ten one million dollar cars. <laughs> What kind of well, car do you get you for really? a million bucks? A fucking nice one, I would assume. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how much cars cost. Let's say it's less than a million dollars, but you also get a driver or, you know, if you get 10, if you spend $10 million on cars, you're going to get a garage with like a full-time staff, right? At the very least. Sounds like you know, it. To maintain these cars, you know, yeah. you're not going to take your car, you know, you know how much work it would be to have to go in and get an oil change in all 10 of those cars? <laughs> You know, at what a pain in the ass that would be. At that point, they come to you, I would think, yeah. Well, at that point, you get your own fucking staff to there do oil go. changes, right? <laughs> All right. Well, if I ever win $200 million or am awarded $200 million, I don't think I'm going to spend it on cars. Well, no, that's only like 10 of <laughs> the $200 million. There's a lot more money there. You know, yeah, you got fair. your penthouse apartment in New York City. Yeah. That's nothing to sneeze at right there. That's pretty, probably pretty good. You might not even have to get a penthouse apartment. You just uh, permanently rent a five-star hotel suite. Right? Why not? Sounds pretty good. Well, yeah, I'm, you know, that's fine. You yeah. know, when you're in town. That's true. Just show up. You, there it is. And you, and you need two yachts. And I'll tell you why you need two yachts. You need your yacht for, you know, hanging out on and uh, enjoying your time. Okay. And you need a, another yacht to follow that yacht around that holds all the things like the uh, the sea-doos and the, the water skis and uh, various equipment that uh, you don't want cluttering up your fucking yacht because you want to enjoy your yacht and have a lot of space there. So you need the support yacht to follow you around. The support yacht, right. Of course. Yeah. So you need two yachts. You know, you can't just get one yacht nowadays. You know, you're not going to park your helicopter on your yacht. Right? No. Because that's just going to get in the way. You got the stupid helicopter hanging out all the time. You park the helicopter on the support yacht that way, you know, and then you have a shuttle that goes back and forth between the two yachts. You, see, you, know, you land the helicopter on the support yacht, and then you take a luxury boat over to the real yacht. You get on the real yacht. You enjoy your, your, your good times. I mean, it sounds right to me. I've been watching some of the Olympics that are on right now, and there's a lot of cycling I've seen, right? And yep. all these cyclists, certainly the long distance ones, have support cars. So, yes. so they're, they're cycling along, and then driving behind them 
is a car with like three more bikes on the roof in case they need to swap out a bike or all the tools or whatever else you might need. So yeah, you don't just show up with one bicycle, you show up with four and a vehicle for the bicycles. That's exactly right. So it's like when you go on vacation, you don't just go on vacation. You take some goddamn luggage with you because you need some support <laughs> shit. Sure. You need a toothbrush. You need, you know, just so if you're going to have a yacht, you got to have a support yacht full of toothbrushes. All right. Well, Frank Darabont's got enough money for a yacht and a support yacht and probably a additional support yacht if he needs one. And 10, 10 luxury cars. That's right. That he can park on his car yacht. You could spend a million dollars on a car. There's got to be an easy way to spend a million dollars on a car. Ah, probably. I don't know. I've never really looked into it because <laughs> it's not really my thing. Anyhow, um, Frank, after almost 10 years, has settled the lawsuit. He's a rich man. Uh, there are plenty of other lawsuits on the go involving The Walking Dead and AMC and even Robert Kirkman. Uh, I don't have any notes on it here, but just yesterday I got an alert that Kirkman... Um, he a judge ruled against him in his initial filing against AMC for some profit thing, and so he's re-upping with new lawyers and trying to sue them again. So he can afford it now, right? Ongoing, ongoing. He's um, you know, there's always lawsuits going on. This could be a full time job. Like, there's no reason to do anything else if you're going to make that kind of money. Uh, yeah. Like 200 million? No, you don't need to do anything else. <laughs> no, this, this lawsuit did a full-time job. If there's nothing happening, don't do anything, right? <laughs> you don't have to worry about, you know, cramming in a lawsuit while you're working a day job. Fuck that shit. Just no. do lawsuits. Do lawsuits. There's the some, American way. There's Yeah, there's some career advice for you. <laughs> All right, that's it for the news. Let's move on into our breakdown of The Walking Dead Season 11 trailer. Now, I do want to start by saying yes. There were other panels and other clips and trailers released for World Beyond and Fear, but it is a long-standing tradition around here to talk about the Walking Dead trailer. That is our primary focus. That's what we're going to do, and there won't be time to talk about those other ones, at least not today. So maybe we'll take another look at those coming up, but we also have a little bit more time on those shows too if we want to. But for now, we're going to stick to the Walking Dead trailer. Yeah, and this time around, I uh, am taking advantage of a feature I've discovered on YouTube that uh, you can set the playback speed. So I set the playback speed. I watched it three times all the way through, twice mm -hmm. on my phone, once on the computer, and then I set the playback speed to 25%, turned the volume down, put the closed captions on because 25% with the volume up is really annoying. Oh, yeah. So put it down, and I watched the whole thing, thing through, at uh, quarter speed. Wow. That's cool. So you picked up on little details that you might not have before. Exactly. Some yeah, of the, lots of little details. Some of the fast cutting and the quick That's edits. Right. All right. Yes. Okay. Well, maybe you'll pull out some things here that I didn't even notice, but let's get in. We start with Negan chatting with Father Gabe, saying he has bad memories. We get some shots of Alexandria with Aaron. Wait, wait, wait. back to the bad memories thing. Okay. I thought this was funny. Uh, it was one of the first things uh, that I <laughs> I saw uh, during my first playthrough was, uh, you know, Father Gabe and Negan, and he said, what, what is it? It's like, well, bad memories. And then all of a sudden, AMC Studios. <laughs> like, those were the bad memories of AMC Studios. So oh. I just, it, uh, it played funny to me. Okay. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't sort of think about that, but you're right. AMC Studios comes up right at the beginning there to remind you what you're looking at. 
And what your bad memories are. I guess. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Not for Frank Darabont, though. 200 million. No. All right. No, those are good memories. Those are. So we get some shots of Alexandria. There's Aaron and Maggie talking about how it's their home and it has everything they need. Uh, we get a shot of Negan underground looking concerned. And then one of Daryl, I think, from the back. It looks like it's outside, but it's so dark it's hard to tell. But you can see his, like, angel wing vest, right? Yeah. it's uh, They're obviously at a military base because there's, uh, there's a lot of shots of them fighting... Uh, zombies in military uniforms or military outfits of some kind. So obviously they're at a military base and all of a sudden they picked up a bunch of friggin' assault rifles too. I don't know where they got those, but they got some state-of-the-art assault rifles with holo, uh, holographic scopes and, or holographic sights. Jeez. So they got some pretty serious military equipment. So obviously there's uh, some kind of military installation that they've uh, Could it, uh, that they've encountered. Is I wonder, do you think it's... They've come across a random military installation that hadn't been like ransacked before, or are they getting equipped? And I know you won't be able to answer this, but are they getting equipped by, um, people from the Commonwealth? Now, I would think that's probably not the case because I don't think we're going to end up in the Commonwealth immediately when we start this season, at least not for most of our characters. So why would they have all these weapons so soon? Because I presume most of this footage is from the first eight episodes. Uh, so I don't know, but so maybe you're right. Maybe there is some sort of military cache somewhere that they've stumbled across and suddenly it's like, Hey, we're armed again. Right. And the shots underground were the shot of Negan underground. There was also a shot of, uh, uh, a subway station or mm-hmm. train station, right. That was underground. Uh, so we know that from the, the descriptions we talked about a couple of weeks ago, there was uh, yep. descriptions of uh, going through train tunnels and things. The one question I had for, about this was, uh, there's a shot of an underground, uh, you know, dilapidated train station. And there's like vines and trees and shit all over this underground train station. Yeah. I don't think vines grow underground. Like well, there's like leaves on these things. So I'm not sure how this is working out, but it seemed a little odd to me that uh, there was an awful lot of greenery in this subway station. Yeah. I mean, you need light generally for things to grow. Some plants don't need a ton of sunlight, but. Mold and drippiness, this I can see in a train station or yep. a subway station, but you know, vines. Moss, like moss might grow. In mushrooms, of maybe. Yeah. Oh, good anyway, point. <laughs> so that confused me a little bit. Okay. Well, good point. Um, yeah, I didn't really notice that, but I now that you say it, there's vines and leaves and things growing underground. Doesn't make too much sense. Maybe there'll be an explanation. Who knows? Hope so. All right. We see Judith, some other characters in Alexandria and the wilderness. Uh, we get a shot of Carol and Kelly and a third person who might be Rosita but it was hard to tell, um, near a river with dead horses scattered around. Yeah, that's kind of sad. A little bit. Um, yeah, I don't like the dead horses, but there's at least two of them you can see in the shot. So it seems like horses were slaughtered at some point. Speaking of which, you've eaten horse before, right? No, no. Um, speaking of, yeah, uh, uh, with funny food like that, I, I was in a restaurant in Switzerland many, many years ago that had horse on the menu but I was not of confident enough, I don't know, whatever, to order it. 
gastronomical fortitude. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> something like that. I don't think I could do it. I, I think I, I, if I saw it, two things would happen. One of three things would happen if I saw a horse on the menu. <laughs> One is I would just simply leave. That's okay. probably the most likely thing is just, uh, you know, looking at a restaurant menu outside and going down and whatever they call it. Did they call it horse? Well, no, I was in you the know? French part of Switzerland, so they called it cheval. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. But, you know, uh, you know, I would like a, you know, a, a horse steak, you know, if it was English. And I'm, if I'm reading the menu and I see horse steak on the menu, I'm either going to leave or not order it and be wary about anything I ate there, or if I did for some reason order it, I don't think I'd eat it. Eat it. I think <laughs> well, I'd probably chicken out. Uh, but then I'd feel bad for the rest of my life because I ordered it. Right. Right. Yes, because, that make and a lot I of paid sense. for it, and somebody killed a horse and put some of its meat on the table in front of me, regardless of whether I ate it or not. I'm still participating in the killing of a horse and making a steak out of it. You know, I. I see what you're saying. I tend to not, not judge like that. Other cultures eat different things, right? And I, who am I to say what's, what's right and wrong? So if, if there's horse meat on the menu somewhere, that might just be a norm for that part of the world. Um, oh, that's all fine and good. I'm only talking about me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you know, if you want to eat horse, that's fine. If you want to eat kangaroo, that's fine. I might actually try crocodile. Yeah. You know, because those guys, those things are fucked anyway. So, you know, they've been also, they're also, you know, billions of years old, right? So that friggin' animal has been around for so long that a human eating one every now and again is not going to fuck up their, uh, anything. Okay. So, uh, yeah, dead horse is bad. Made me feel awful. Okay. Well, there were a lot of dead horses. I don't think anyone's eating these horses, but they were there. Um, we see Aaron, Jerry, and Carol fighting off zombies at what looks like the destroyed hilltop location. Yeah, well, it's definitely a hilltop. And then we get a shot of somebody's arm getting bitten, but it's impossible to tell who. And it kind of felt like they were trying to lead us to believe it was Aaron because he was in the shot immediately before this one. I think the shirt might be a similar color, but... It's not Aaron. It's so not. I... Uh, kind of dissected this. I tried to find out who this was. So it was, uh, the guy had purple, uh, fingerless gloves and, uh, what looked like webbing. So military outfit, uh, with like some kind of webbing, uh, you know what webbing is? It's yep. like, okay. So you, it looked like there was where it has webbing and the style of knife that I saw him. Cause there's other knives that we see in this area, in this episode or this trailer. And I took a look for that and I could not find anybody that matched that particular style of yeah. equipment. So I have no idea who it is. I know it's not Aaron because he had full fingered gloves, white, uh-huh. one white full fingered glove. Uh, and the other one is like fucking mace. So, uh, it's not Aaron. I can tell you that for sure. Yeah. Also, I think the arm that's getting bitten is the same arm that he has his mace arm on. So. No, it's the other one. Is it the other one? Oh, damn it. It was, it was his left arm. His right hand. No, sorry. His right hand is not the mace arm. His left hand is the mace arm. That's correct. This guy was getting bit, uh, in the right arm. On the right arm. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, but not Aaron. And yeah, I had no idea who it was either. But somebody's arm's getting bitten. Probably a random character we've never met before. 
Yeah, I can't imagine that it's a, a big deal, especially since they put it in the trailer. They're not going to put like, oh my God, it's Daryl, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> not going to do that. Yeah. Uh, a few shots later, we have Maggie screaming no as Negan drags her away. That's, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Uh, a few shots of people killing zombies. We get Kelly on a horse. Uh, we see Magna asks if she, quote, wants to talk about it. And then Kelly's reading a notebook that says, trapped with dead, walked with them for days, no light, no food, little water. Yeah. So is that a note from uh, Connie, probably? Her sister? Could be. You know? I don't know. We do get a shot of Connie. She, I think it's Connie anyways. She looks like she's up against a wall and totally terrified. So... You know, we we do know she's alive because we got a teaser of her uh, back at the end of season 10. So she's coming back to the show and there'll be a story around that, but she's been gone for a little while uh, and I'm excited to get her back. I, mm-hmm. She's one of my favorite characters. So then we move into some Commonwealth stuff, I think. We're indoors somewhere. A guy in orange... Commonwealth Stormtrooper armor is standing in front of somebody else who's down on his knees. That's an awesome costume, by the way. I really like the orange and black uh, style. Yeah. I I think that's that's excellent. Uh, You know, if I didn't, wouldn't look ridiculous in such a thing, I would want to commission somebody (laughs) to make me that. Cool. Well, it it is kind of cool. The orange color, I think, denotes a higher rank in this military because that is Michael James Shaw as Mercer. And we talked about him last time being cast. So there he is. He's, he's being revealed in the trailer. I guess that's why they had to announce his casting officially. Right. We see princesses and Ezekiel being led somewhere by Commonwealth soldiers. Uh, and then we cut back to Aaron and Carol underground. Um, it seems to me like we're supposed to think that these two locations are related, like the indoor where the Commonwealth people are and wherever Karen and, uh, Carol and Aaron are, but I bet they're bet you they're a hundred percent not related at all. It just I don't know. I think uh, I think they were trying to fool us into that thinking that, which they do a lot in these trailers. Yeah, you might be right. So we'll see. Uh, we get a bunch more zombie killing, including one by the masked Elijah. If you remember him, I do. Uh, and it culminates with a group of zombies looking up and reaching up in what looks like some kind of cave. And it reminded me a little bit of when uh, everybody ran into the cave, you know, uh, back in the Whisperer time. Remember that? I do. Daryl just runs in. So it sort of reminded me of that cave where they were on a ledge and there were a bunch of zombies down below them. Here we have zombies looking back up again. I don't know even for sure if this was a cave, but it reminded me of that. I don't know. It reminded me of the uh, the rave scene in Matrix Reloaded. Oh, God, it's been a while since I've seen that. <laughs> Make it longer, even though they're coming out with a fourth one. Yeah. What this, are you going to do? This You're year, watch the I whole think. series again. Yeah. I think. I don't, I don't know. know what they're going to do. How they're going to pull it together, I don't know. You never know. Might be awesome. But if you're going to pull it together, you get Keanu Reeves to do it, right? Because... Uh, anyway, quick aside about Keanu Reeves. He's not a great actor. I don't know if you know this, but he's awesome. Like, I love Keanu Reeves. I think he's great in a lot of things he does. But if you put him in something where he's required to fucking act, it's not great. If you put him in something where he just has to be a conduit for action and awesomeness, 
like the matrix, like John wick, like there's a bunch of stuff where he has no personality whatsoever. And he just is a conduit for the movie aesthetic. Mm -hmm. He's fucking perfect. Yeah. I think Keanu Reeves is okay. Like just last week we put on speed. And I watched Speed start to finish. Well, Speed's a whole other thing, right? Speed is one of those movies that I've seen like 60, 70 times. Oh, and man. it's just a... Uh, it's, I it's, thought it was pretty good. It's weird icon thing. Yeah, it is pretty good, but it's not... Go watch Dracula, right? A fucking period piece <laughs> with Keanu Reeves where he's required to act. Okay. You know, you watch Dracula, it's got Gary Oldman in it. How can you go wrong with Gary Oldman as Count Dracula? Sure. Uh, but it's also got Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder in it. Winona Ryder is, you know, Winona Ryder, what are you going to do? But Keanu Reeves, it's not good. It's okay. not good. He's very, very, very miscast. Well, I thought in Speed he had just enough personality. But to be fair, that might be due to his chemistry with, uh, what's her name, who's driving the bus? Uh, yeah. Her. So, you know. Sandra Bullock. I, Sandra Bullock. It. Yeah. I, I like speed. I think speed's good. Uh, but you're right. I see what you're saying about Keanu Reeves. Anyways. Yeah. That's why he worked in the Matrix though. Very much so. Yes. Because he's just, uh, you know, he's a, a projected personality that doesn't have a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of information that has to be conveyed through acting. Right. <laughs> Man, we go from zombies in a cave looking up to Keanu Reeves and his acting style <laughs> somehow. Yeah. Oh, great. Anyways, back to the trailer. At this point, it slows down a little, and we see Aaron talking to somebody saying, so you're leaving to fight ghosts. Not sure. Yeah, why not? Not sure what that means, but if you're going to- Well, zombies are real. I don't see why ghosts can't be real. Of course. Why not? Um, we see Carol in tears saying, this is a path you don't want to go down. I don't know if these two statements are related. And I assume Carol's talking to Daryl because they always have these sorts of conversations, it feels like. And then we see Elijah standing with Dog. And it felt to me like Daryl was leaving Dog with him. Even though we don't see Daryl full frame in the shot, I'm pretty sure yeah. the foreground is Daryl. It's Daryl. So... Elijah is taking dog, maybe. That's interesting. Dog's one of my favorite characters on the show. Yeah, and dog get is making me upset a little bit later, but we'll get to that. Oh, okay. Yeah, make, make sure you bring that up because I'm not sure what you're talking about. Uh, we go to a fight at night in the forest. There is a big group of characters with masks on, not whisperer masks, but like actual face covering type masks. And this group, I assume are the Reapers. And the Reapers is that group that's after Maggie and her people, if you recall. I do. Remember they killed that guy that was hunting them and he said something about Pope? Well, apparently, the shot of all those Reapers kind of walking towards the camera, the one in the center that they focus on, is Pope. I see. And sorry, you, you mistakenly said uh, the Reapers are the ones that are after Maggie. What you meant to say was the Reapers are the ones that Maggie's in charge of. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Okay. I, sorry. I was yeah, incorrect. to correct you there. Yeah. All right. But second in command is Pope, the guy in the center of that uh, shot of them all coming at them. Yep. All right. So we go over to a different scene. Somebody kicks in a door and then I think that's a character that I don't recognize. He busts into the house. Is that somebody we know? Uh, 
I don't think so. I did not recognize him. Okay, so new character. Maybe that's who's got his arm bit earlier on. No, he didn't have uh, purple gloves or short sleeve shirts. Okay. Sorry, a short sleeve shirt. No, not that guy. Not that guy. All right. Well, character I don't recognize. We see some more zombie killing. Then it looks like Daryl with a hood on. We got a. We got a. We see a fat zombie in chains. There's a really fat, gross zombie, reminiscent of the teabag zombie in season two. Yeah. Uh, you know, in chains of some kind. So that uh, we got some kind of hero zombie there. Like so fat, because. It's an overweight person or fat because it's bloated with water or something. What's the difference? I don't know. I'm just, just wondering. <laughs> I, mean, just, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Big bloaty kind of thing. I, I'm not sure. All right. Fair enough. I, uh, I didn't catch that as I was going through, but there you go. Some sort of hero bloat fest of a zombie. Yep. Uh, Daryl with a hood on and his hands and feet bound being dragged down a hallway. So who's dragging him away? Wait, how, how do you know it's Daryl? Isn't that Daryl? I think it looks like Daryl. Uh, Look at the pants. It's like scruffy pants, like ripped up at the bottoms. That seems yeah, like Daryl's like. Yeah, it looks kind of scruffy pants, but his arms are awfully clean for Daryl. Because the earlier shot we had, his arms are, he's pretty fucking dirty in the, the last few episodes and in, in, in this trailer. <laughs> Seasons. This guy seemed pretty clean. Like the arms seem pretty clean. I don't, okay. I'm not sure that this is Daryl. Okay, well, I thought it was Daryl. And I mean, Daryl, the theory could clean up. You know, but you're right. He's been dirty for years now. So I don't know. Maybe it's not Daryl, but I looked at the pants and thought, Daryl, he's tied up being dragged down a hallway. But yeah, maybe not. I, I don't think it's Daryl, but it could be. Okay. I suppose. Well, somebody. Uh, we see some location on fire, another masked character. And this one has a red mask and all you can see are the eyes. To me, they look like female eyes. It's a woman. Yeah. It's a woman. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So... We don't. It's Maggie. <laughs> it's Maggie with her Reaper mask on, obviously. Yep. Okay. And she, yeah, okay. We'll get to it. But she also wears a, yeah. a Whisperer mask, which is odd. She does. She does. Now we'll get to that. But uh, I wonder if they just realized that that actually is a helpful way to get through big groups of zombies or stay disguised. You know, yeah. they, you, know, you, you learn from everybody. You can't just take everybody and, uh, you know, make them evil and then for, out of principle, uh, don't use their methods. Sure. You no. Know? <laughs> Take gotta survive. Take what's smart. Take, yeah. Take what you can. Uh, all right. Some more random character shots, including one with Mercer again, uh, with a Commonwealth banner behind him. Uh, we'll come back to that as well. Yep. We get a super burnt zombie tied to a tree. So here's another feature zombie, I would say. Yeah. That one pretty, is. Uh, that's a burnt zombie. Burnt to a crisp. Uh, we have Daryl standing in front of some kind of structure on fire. Not sure where that is. Uh, then we get this creepy crawling zombie. It's And it, it reminded me of the sort of classic scary crawling humanoid monster where it's like elbows are sticking out, you know, and its yeah. arms are doing something funny. Uh, something I don't think we've really seen on this show too much. The kind of creepy scooching across the floor zombie. I've chosen to believe that these are not zombies, that Ooh. these are people somehow, because they didn't really look rotting. They just looked kind of dirty and gray and walking creepy. And, you know, people that turn into zombies don't all of a sudden walk like this. No, no, they wouldn't, unless that's a thing, right, from the beginning. But why would, why would a zombie suddenly walk like this? Unless it had no use of its legs for some reason, like didn't have legs. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I, I'm thinking these are not zombies. Mm, creepy. I don't want to introduce a non-zombie type monster to this show. That wouldn't make me happy. All right, well, maybe it's maybe they won't. Maybe this is just something they, you know, stock footage, footage they pulled in to pad the runtime. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We cut then to a body hanging upside down from some kind of, like, industrial pipe structure. Uh, and it's hard to tell where this is, but you can see a large smokestack in the background. So it kind of reminded me of the sanctuary where Negan and the saviors were originally, right? There was a big solar panel in that shot as well. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm not sure exactly where this would be, but there's, yeah, there's a smokestack and uh, an industrial pipe, overhead pipe where the body is hanging from and uh, a solar panel with lights on it. Like there was like lights clipped onto the solar panel, which is the weirdest thing ever. It's weird, but it did sort of remind me of the sanctuary because that was a big old factory, right? So this kind of reminded me of that. It may be a totally different location. I don't know. I'm wondering why the person is hanging upside down there. It doesn't look like it's a zombie hanging upside down. I think it's a dead zombie or a dead person. Um, but I don't know. We'll, yep. we'll have to see. Weird. Uh, then we have an overhead shot of all kinds of bodies strewn all over the ground with some people walking amongst them. And this looks like maybe you're back in that cave somewhere. So I wonder if all those zombies that were in the cave that reminded you of the Matrix are somehow killed, strewn around the ground, and then they walk through them. I don't know. Maybe, but they're all wearing fatigues. They're all wearing military outfits. Oh, interesting. Yep. Interesting. All right. So there's there's more than one group of military references in this trailer. Yeah. I don't think it's a cave because the floor is awfully flat. It okay. seems like it's either a hangar or some kind of uh, barracks, not barracks, but something, some kind of parade grounds or, uh, they, you know, they're moving into a mall later, like the... The we'll get into the mall. So maybe it's in a mall. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Could be. If if they go into the mall, which leads into this subway system, right? Like maybe it's just part of that. Yeah. That structure. I don't know. Uh, all right. While we are seeing some of this, we hear a voiceover that I think is Negan. And he's saying, this is a death march and you are the Pied Piper. So that clearly means that somebody is leading them to their doom. But who and why and where? And what? I don't know. He's mixing his metaphors. Who knows what he means? It's a death march. You're the Pied Piper. You're leading us to our death. Yeah, well, the Pied Piper took a bunch of rats and piped them out of town, right? Yeah. Uh, so, but it's not really a death march. A death march is being forced to march, uh, you know, f to your death because you're going to fight uh, and you're tired and you're, uh, you know, starving and you're right. wounded, but you're still marching in order to get to the battleground in order to fight. So the Pied Piper is not forcing rats to march to battle, right? So it's just, no. it's two different metaphors. I think Mixing these metaphors drives me crazy. Was it rats or snakes? Was it rats? I don't know. Whatever. It's not, uh, you know, uh, Genghis Khan didn't have a pipe that made everybody march. <laughs> no. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, anyways, he's, somebody's leading somebody somewhere and Negan seems to be talking about it. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, uh, well, you know, I was in a pipe band for a long time and we, uh, we often called, uh, Bob Duncan, the pie-eyed piper. <laughs> he was drunk all the time. Was anybody involved in that pipe band not drunk all the time? Uh, From the stories, it sounds like not. I'm trying to think, um, I don't, I think Kevin didn't drink. <laughs> Good for Kevin. He's the one that kept it all together. 
Yeah, I think he kept it. And uh, another guy that uh, I'm not sure if, uh, I forget his name, but I'm not sure that he drank, but uh, he definitely picked up women in every single location we went to. Oh, boy. The the debauchery involved in the pipe band industry is wild. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was, uh, I'm surprised I survived a few of these uh, weekends. Well, I'm, I'm glad you did. Back to the trailer. We get some shots of Maggie until we sort of go to black and then we fade back up to a wide shot of somebody walking in what looks like an old parking lot. It appears to be Maggie. Uh, she's voiceovering that she's lost something and this is what looks like the mall, right? It's kind of yeah. looks like she's approaching a mall here or some other indoor location. So you're right. Maybe that's where the big crowd of zombies was in there. Yeah, it's called uh, Well Heaven something blah, 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 Plaza. So there's definitely a mall involved. Well Haven, probably. Well Haven, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, that's that. Uh, we get a shot of somebody wearing a Whisperer mask, which I guess we now know as Maggie. Um, we see the burnt down and overrun hilltop. That sort of felt out of context to me at this moment in the trailer as we see her approach this mall and then suddenly another shot of Burnt down hilltop. Yep. I, I don't know why, but that's what we got. Some more quick shots of people lighting, fighting zombies, uh, training a zombie eating a dude's intestines in Alexandria. And what I want to point out here is the training shot looks like it's a lineup of the kids practicing with wooden swords. Yeah. And Judith is there at one end. I feel like she's kind of leading the class, but RJ is there. I think one of them is Aaron's daughter, Gracie. The other kids, I don't know. But yeah, I think Judith is leading that class. That's what I think so, yeah. So yeah. interesting, I thought, just a kid's class of wooden sword fighting. That's kind of fun. And then the zombie that's eating the dude's intestines on the ground in Alexandria, Jerry comes running by. In fact, a lot of characters come running by. But Jerry slices that zombie with a sword as he runs past him. I thought that was pretty awesome. It was pretty cool. <laughs> pretty fun. But why are there zombies in Alexandria? I guess maybe because the wall's destroyed. Um, and they all look in to be in some level of panic as they're running through the streets there. So could be yep. some other sort of attack going on. Uh, we get zombie fighting. Then we get a scene of Negan handing Maggie a gun and saying the only way this works is if we trust each other. So I feel like what we're getting here is some sort of forced, you know, scene of them having to work together and having to put their differences aside to save the day some way. Yeah. That's such a Negan thing to say, right? Yeah, I guess so. Whether he means it or not, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah, we got to work together. It seems a little self-serving. He probably engineered this situation. He might have. I don't know. Um, We get a few shots immediately after that of them fighting their way through the subway car. So I think a bunch of them are probably stuck down in this subway car. As we know, that's going to be a thing. And they have to work together to get out. And if Negan and Maggie are there, well you know, being at each other's throats the whole time isn't going to be good for anyone. So they can put a pin in that, work together for now, get out, and then go back to hating each other. Exactly. Yeah. Much like you and me. (laughs) We're just going to do this podcast and once it's over, then uh, we can get back to killing each other. Right. Exactly. (laughs) So let me talk about the subway for a second. Sure. So do you think that all of the subway shots, because all of the subway shots so far have the people moving from right to left. Do you think that they're going to stay consistent with that? 
so everything has like you mean like in, when they're in the subway car he's going through right to left in that scene they're, where he's shooting zombies yes so the the camera's on the on the side of whether it's inside the subway or outside the subway everybody is passing by the camera from right to left. Okay. Now, the reason I bring that up is because Snowpiercer, you've seen that movie? I haven't. <laughs> okay, so... But I'm well aware of it. You know, the very basic premise of Snowpiercer, I reject outright. But there's a lot about that movie that I do like. And one of the things I do like is that everything always moves from left to right. Okay. They're always moving forward in the, to, to the front of the train. They're always moving from left to right. This is always moving from right to left. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, in order to differentiate themselves from Snowpiercer, which all, the whole thing takes place on a train, uh, if they're trying to differentiate themselves by going the opposite direction, and whether they're always going to go in that opposite direction. Because if they go from right to left and then from right left to right, wouldn't that be disorienting? Well, I, I don't think there's any risk of uh, people kind of comparing this to Snowpiercer. But I do think it's interesting that in a, in a confined space like this on a train, it's probably, now that I think about it, like some sort of filmmaking, not rule, but like filmmaking technique to always show them moving one way because you're on a train. You can only go forward or backwards on the train, right? You can't go yeah. east-west. You can only go north-south. And, and so to feel like there's progression, they always show them going one way. Otherwise they're going backwards. That, that might be a filmmaking thing. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just thinking, cause also, you know, if you show them going from right to left from the camera angle, then you change the camera angle and they're going from left to right as an audience member wouldn't, that would definitely be confusing. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You want to keep consistency with that. It's like, um, like there's rules about filming conversations too, over the shoulder of the people, like you don't cross yeah. over and things like that. So you, your orientation as the viewer remains, or you're able to maintain it. So I bet you there's rules about filming on a train. <laughs> Always yeah, go the and same if you direction. Wanna, and if you want to portray intimacy, you show both characters talking in the same shot. But if you want to portray, you know, an argument of some kind, yep. you'd never show both characters. Even if it's over the shoulder, you never show both characters in the same shot. And you never have the characters, uh, like you said, uh, crossing vision, like one person looking to the left of the camera and the other person looking to the left of the camera, because that's confusing. One person looks to the right, one uh -huh. person looks to the left. That way you, you, you know, you can orient yourself within the conversation. Yeah, for sure. Well, there's all kinds of rules and I guess on trains, it's always go the same way. Yeah. And I only know like three of them. Three rules. Oh, of course. That's it. You're and not. if you agree with someone, you wear the same colors as them. Of course. If you're wearing different colors, you're at odds. As soon as they start dressing alike or have the same hair or start wearing the same colors, you know they're falling in love. Of course. There you go. All the little things. My wife taught me that one. Yep. She's a smart lady. So up on the screen, we get big text that says the beginning. And then we get a shot of a female Commonwealth soldier who, like... Sort of looks like Yumiko to me, but I don't think it's her, because why would Yumiko be wearing uh, Commonwealth armor? Um, but this person is looking at a wall of pictures. And this is a familiar scene from the comics that people who've read the comics will know and know what happens. Somebody looks at that picture wall in the comics and notices something important. That's all I will say. Uh, sure. But... 
you know, kind of interesting to see it here in the trailer. Anyways, that's not her though, is it? In the armor, Yumiko? I, I thought it was, but oh. I can't imagine why that would be. So I'm now questioning it. Yeah, I sort of felt the same way, but we'll have to see. Uh, we go back to Negan, who's in the subway, and then we get the other half of that text on screen that says, of the end, so the beginning of the end. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're enter- entering the end game with this, uh, with this season, right? Yes, we are. I, I believe I said, maybe it was when the bonus episodes for season 10 came out, I said this sort of feels like the beginning of the end now, even though it was season 10 still. Well, this truly is season 11, the beginning of the end. I'm sure I'm going to feel that when it actually starts airing. So we see more of Maggie. This includes her taking off a Whisperer mask. So we know that's a thing. And presumably earlier on when we see someone wearing it, that's her as well. Oh, maybe Maggie's a Whisperer. Maybe she is a Whisperer. Like not, you know, just doing what the Whisperers do, but has coming coming from... Maybe she, you know, she was part of the Whisperer camp you know, over I, the years. I doubt it, but I do actually think it's really interesting that the Whisperers wore masks. Now they had a reason for it. And this group of um, Reapers wear masks. And we see Maggie taking off a mask. Like, I don't, yeah. don't want to believe that she's the head of this group, but, you know, it's an entertaining thing, or it's a fun thing to entertain in my mind. Yes. Yeah, that's good. You know, but we'll see. Uh, we believe that she is speaking to, or it, we're, we're led to believe in this scene that I think that she's speaking to and pointing a gun at Negan. But again, I think there could be some creative editing here uh, that could deceive us. Right. But then, but then again, you know, that seems like the kind of thing she might do, point a gun at Negan, especially if he just handed it to her. Right. Well, why wouldn't you really? Yeah, they don't like each other. So we get title card, The Walking Dead, and then suddenly it kind of glitches a little bit and goes to a TV test pattern. So tradition with these trailers is to show a bunch of stuff, it feels like it's over, and then you get a bonus bit at the end. And this Snake is in the mailbox. Snake in the mailbox. This is our bonus bit. So we get the TV test pattern, and it's... Like it's supposed to be an old VHS video and it's some kind of Commonwealth welcome video. We get a shot of an actor named Josh Hamilton as Lance. Mm -hmm. And there's a bunch of soldiers standing around him and a banner behind them all that says, fight the dead, save the living, the Commonwealth way. So yeah, it's, it's some kind of uh, welcome to the Commonwealth video. You're safe here. We're all friendly. You know, and nice. So you, everything will be good now. And it takes place at Union Station with trains in the background. So yep. this is where the trains come into play in the subway station, I'm sure. So this is uh, uh, where I think all of that shit happens is in this particular area. I am not convinced of that, to be honest, because that looks like an abandoned train uh, tunnel, subway train tunnel that they're they're stuck in and fighting their way through. And if yep. that's in the first episode... I just don't believe that it leads to the Commonwealth that soon. Now, maybe it's the same transit system, right? Like maybe they're in one distant end of it and Union Station is in the downtown part of the Commonwealth City, whatever it is. I don't know, but I don't think it's like they're underneath Union Station, but who knows? I don't know. 
and there's you know one shot of the the interior and there's a big sign that says two trains yeah. right so i don't know it seemed like there's an awful lot uh that takes place on uh you know underground on subways and trains yep. and now all of a sudden we get a you know a flashback vhs style video which doesn't make any sense whatsoever because vhs you know when does the zombie apocalypse happen 2009 10 yeah 2010 uh, would they have done this on VHS then? I don't know. Well, they wouldn't have had this video from the beginning of the zombie apocalypse. We're no. 10 years in, right? And so the Commonwealth would have taken time to get established. I mean, why would you make a weird 70s style video in 2018 or whatever it is, right? Yeah, you know, like a four by three aspect ratio. Yeah. I don't think so. Then again, maybe it's all they had access to. Like, Technology doesn't really exist anymore, so maybe that's all they had, and that's they found some crappy old camera VHS tapes. You know, I don't know. Maybe that's it. I don't know. It the, this stunk of uh, the Dharma Initiative on Lost to oh, me. Did it ever? Yeah, yeah. So I was a little bit disappointed, but I I, I just I think the coincidence of all the trains and uh, Union Station uh, here in this video. It was a bit of a coincidence. So this is why I'm I'm starting to think that the, or I am thinking that the, all this shit takes place in this one locale. Yeah. I mean, I would say it's probably not a coincidence that there are shots of Union Station and trains and then our other characters are stuck in a subway somewhere. But yes, the video, it was a little jarring. It was a little strange. You're right. It smelled of the Dharma initiative, but that completely makes sense and uh, is explainable on Lost. Here... I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure why it would be such a crummy video other than maybe that's all they could make with the technology available to them. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe it's a VHS filter on their, uh, their editing software. Yeah, sure. That's right. <laughs> they thought it looked make, cool that way. Make it easy. Yeah. There you go. Well, that's over quickly um, because then we finish with a cut to Eugene on his knees. There are white, soldier hands holding him down by the neck he looks totally terrified and in the background is in the distant background is princess and ezekiel with their wrists bound and soldiers standing behind them cut to august 22 the return date of the show trailer over yeah so that final scene is clearly trying to tell us commonwealth presents themselves as friendly and open and welcoming but behind the scenes, they hold people down by their necks and tie them up. Well, I mean, it presented themselves as this. Maybe they were that at some point. Yeah, the, fair. You know, back in the 80s. Uh, or, and they've changed over the years. Or, the 80s, yeah. or maybe it's, you know, false advertising. What, like, uh, what are they doing? The same thing that the, they did on Fear the Walking Dead, where they left the VHS and t TVs, uh, you know, with their messages all over the place. And yeah. then this one is just, is a recruiting tool. I don't know. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to say. Yeah. No, it's definitely hard to say. <laughs> I think it's funny that, oh, the Commonwealth was great back in the eighties. You know, when they started off in 79, it was just a small ragtag group of people who wanted to come together and make a nice, pleasant community for everyone to live in. And now look at them. They've got stormtroopers and they're holding people down by their necks. Yeah. Like, like the 80s. How, how far we've come or fallen. 
Anyways, that's the whole trailer. Uh, pretty good stuff in here. Lots of confusing things. Many questions, as usual. Um, looks like a lot of this footage came from the underground subway system that we're going to be stuck in for a couple episodes. And the rest of it feels a little bit out of context, like it always does. Hard to put yeah. together, so... The biggest thing I got out of this is uh, I'm pretty sure that Daryl is off to fight ghosts. And I take that at face value. Yep. Daryl's going to fight ghosts. That's for sure. If Daryl leaves, I think it will be to go and search out his girlfriend who he found there. Remember in the bonus episodes? I do. What was her name again? Lee? Was it Lee? Sure. I don't know. Or was that the actress's name? Shoot. I can't remember. Uh, If he leaves, it's to find her. And, you know, I could see... Somebody saying, you don't even know if she's alive. You're going after someone who might be a ghost. I mean, I know they said fight ghosts, but still. So, yeah, if Daryl heads out, he's probably going after her. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. So. Oh, he- and we didn't talk about dog. There was one shot where there was a, a the sound effect of a dog squealing. Oh, bad. That's bad. Uh, and then Daryl saying, no. So, uh I guess the impression they were trying to imply or trying to impress upon us was that uh, somebody stabbed and killed dog right in front of Daryl. So I hope that's not true. I hope that's not true. I mean, it's, it's one thing to kill the dog. I mean, you could hurt the dog. It's still bad, but at least dog's alive. I don't want dog to be dead. That'll make me very sad. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was Maggie. Oh, Jesus. Can you imagine? If Maggie kills dog, she's evil. Well, that's, that's how you, you know, you paint a bad guy. It's, you know, you, bad guys are the people that kill the dogs. Damn. Right? You kill a dog in some kind of television show or episode uh, or movie, you are definitely the bad guy and deserve to die. Like, you should die. Yep. But then, in you know, the conversely, on the other side of that coin, you have the save the cat people, right? Anybody that who seems like a bad guy that all of a sudden saves a kitty cat, like for example, Hellboy, right? Hellboy, yeah. uh, you know, you're not sure he's, you know, a demon from hell and you think he's come back to, come to earth, uh, you know, was brought to earth through, you know, Nazi black magic, whatever. I'm sorry I'm, if I'm spoiling Hellboy, <laughs> but uh, you know, if you're ever wondering about whether or not he's a good guy or not, he loves cats. He saves cats while in the middle of a fight. Mm-hmm. You know for sure he's pure and good and is not a bad guy. Yeah. Well, this is another right? one of those rules. You kill the dog, you're evil. You save the cat, you're good. Even if you seem evil. So somebody kills dog. Shit. And I'm pretty sure it's Meg. Right. Uh, Cause, and I think that's the pivotal moment of, you know, Maggie revealing herself as the true, uh, bad guy in this whole, in this whole thing. In this whole big mess. Well, geez, man, that'll be quite the thing if it comes to that. Holy moly. You imagine? Cause Negan's supposed to be the bad guy, right? She, he killed Glenn with a goddamn spiked baseball bat and Maggie's come back for revenge. Uh, she's mad at him or we're supposed to think is Negan, uh, you know, a good guy or a bad guy now, but we're kind of leaning towards, he's a good guy. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, will that spin on its head and him become the bad guy again? Now that Maggie's back and forcing his hand and stuff, but then Maggie turns out to be the evil bad guy and Negan's the good guy. It just spins everything around. We wouldn't know what the hell's going on. No, I feel like I don't know what the hell's going on already. (laughs) Well. 
Okay, well, that is the trailer. There are a few other clips out there, like I said, of this show and, and the other shows. Um, but boy, oh boy, uh, we are getting close to the return of The Walking Dead for the final season. It's only like three weeks away, which is very, very exciting. Are you telling me my son's birthday is only three weeks away? That can't be right. Oh, uh, there, there's that too. Yeah, his, his birthday's coming up soon. So don't, mi- don't miss that. Sunday. Okay, so this Sunday is one, two, three, four weeks. Okay, four weeks. All right. Is what day? His birthday is the same day? Are you telling me it's, it's the same tw- day? It's the 22nd, yeah. Look at that. Season 11 starts on <laughs> Jasper's birthday. Yep. He's played a pivotal role in this whole thing. Yeah, he was in my arms when Negan killed Glenn. And his name is Jasper, which appeared on the show and appeared on this podcast. And uh, I thought his name was Axel. Well, you called him Jasper, remember? Well, I did call him Jasper. And then you named your son Jasper. And then Daryl was picking up Jasper the plant in the show. I mean, it all comes together. Jasper's a rock. Are you sure? Is there a plant too? I'm pretty sure Jasper's a rock. There's, we have rocks that are like Dalmatian Jasper, and it's a, kind of a rock. Okay, well, I don't know, but he was picking plant? up something. Is it a plant? <laughs> uh, Jasper is a plant, too. It's fucking everything. It's a city. It's a name. It's a plant. It's a rock. Maybe it's just one of those. Maybe it's you know a substitute for the word thing. Most importantly, it's your son. It's my son, yeah. All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. If you have any thoughts on this trailer or anything else as we approach the return of The Walking Dead, feel free to give us a call or send us an email. We would love to hear from you. Thank you so much. Uh, To do that, the easiest way is to visit TalkingDeadPodcast.com and click on Send Voicemail at the top. You can record a message. It gets sent right into us. Um, you can also send emails to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to check us out on the Facebook, you can do that at facebook.com slash the talking dead. So we've got, like you said, about four more weeks until the show comes back. Jason, what are we going to be doing next? Well, we do have a particular special podcast coming up which, um, I don't know, you'll find out about when, when it happens. (laughs) Uh, that'll be in a couple of weeks from now, I think. And then if we do anything else between now and then, or when the show comes back, um, I'm not sure if we will or not. I haven't really thought about it yet because we only have four weeks. So there's room for two, one or two more podcasts between now and when Walking Dead comes back. Okay, cool. We'll think of something (laughs) if we do them. If that wasn't uh, cryptic enough, uh, I didn't try hard enough. <laughs> Anyways, that'll be coming up soon. And uh, after that, it's back into season 11, final season. Super excited. Uh, it's going to be good. All right. That's it for us this week, everyone. Thanks so much. Until next time, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Ciao. <laughs>